All right. Well, that's concerning. And the home of the brave. Welcome to the ninth episode of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. Yes, sir. We are here and we are ready to talk some deck hockey, but, and I apologize to you long-suffering non-wrestling fans, but we're also going to recap a little bit of wrestlemania just real quick right at the top of the show because uh let me tell you wrestlemania was last sunday and (laughs) it took a bit out of me it was a long show did you watch it james yes thanks to your generosity of giving me six months of wwe network which you paid for just to uh, let everybody else know about that but yes it was a christmas gift (laughs) <laughs> that that keeps on giving. So yeah. thank you very much for uh, half the uh, year. So much appreciated. But yeah, a heck of a show as promised. Well, great. You know what? Speaking of wrestling, why don't we go ahead and get into the starting lineup for this evening? And for this podcast starting lineup in goal, I am number 35, the governor of grief, Gary McComiskey, a nickname bestowed on me by the Sala Monster. And of course, my co-host... Well done. On defense number four, I'm James Sajazi. And of course, if you are a wrestling fan and you enjoy a good wrestling podcast, there's no better wrestling podcast that I can think of than the Solomonster Sounds Off. So thank you, Solomonster, for the uh, nickname, and please give the Solomonster a listen. Yeah, it's really, it's a top-notch pros pro podcast, and uh, the man knows his stuff, so uh, much enjoyable, and you will uh, not regret it. Nope. Okay, so moving on, now that we've plugged in our plug, (laughs) or whatever, you know what, why don't we just go ahead and get started with what's on deck. James, would you please be so kind as to tell us? Would be happy to. Okay, uh, leading off, happy birthday, Mrs. Jen Mac, ma'am. One of the best people I have the honor of knowing, Mr. American Rhino Mac's better half, Jennifer McComiskey, celebrated her birthday yesterday, and we at Hit the Deck want to wish her all the best. Hockey in the News, an article from March 29th's edition of the Wall Street Journal, written by Tal Pinchevsky, entitled Former Enforcer Takes on Second NHL Life. It's about one-time player Troy Crowder and how he took a minus and turned it into a plus. Mr. American Rhino Mac, equipment manager. Much like Troy Crowder, our own beloved Gary Mack is a man of many talents who also cares about helping his fellow hockey player. So for back-to-back podcasts, we ask Gary about his brilliant solutions. This time, how Gary figured out a way to protect deck hockey players' feet. And finally, hockey at Rockies. It's the sixth battle for the Sullivan's Cup on April 9th. Gary and I spoke about the deck hockey tournament run by Rocky Sullivan's Bar in Red Hook, Brooklyn in our fourth podcast. And if you hadn't listened to that edition of Hit the Deck yet, you have waited too long. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, as you mentioned, it is or was my lovely wife's birthday yesterday as we record. And uh, happy birthday to my beloved. As you said, my better half, my much better half. 
She uh, is actually a big part of why I am a hockey fan, because I got into hockey, as I, I think I've mentioned once before, I got into hockey early on, let's say in the year or so following the Rangers Stanley Cup victory, although that wasn't necessarily why I got into hockey. But while I was a hockey fan for a little while, uh, when Gretzky retired, I kind of fell away from it. And then I started dating what would become my wife and she and her family are big hockey fans. So their love of hockey kind of reignited it in myself. And uh, fast forward, here we are today. Yeah, and the uh, family that watches hockey together stays together. So that's, uh, you know, one, one of the benefits that we've always tried to emphasize about the beauty of hockey, be it deck or roller or NHL and Olympics and things like that. It's a sport that you can watch as a family unit, grandparents, parents, children, aunts, whatever. And uh, really, they've, they've done a pretty good job in cleaning up the game, too. There's not as many fights and uh, dirty hits per se. So uh, it's a good, fun, flowing game. The games maybe start too late for the youngsters, but they start too late they're... for me half the time. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. But uh, and forget about the West Coast games for us people on the East Coast here. Yeah. But um, it's, uh, you know, the, the, the game will start roughly at seven o'clock and be over by 930, whatever. So you can even go to games and uh, if you can afford it and uh, be back at a reasonable hour. Mm hmm. So uh, pretty much no excuses there. But uh, yeah, like we said, uh, Jen's favorite players also happen to be goalies and wear the number 35, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I know at least one of us, one of them does, because uh, Jen and I, my wife, her name is Jen. My wife, Jen, and I share the same favorite player, favorite ranger, Mike Richter, which is why I wear number 35, being a goalie. And a darn fine one at that. So uh, my humble opinion, uh, both players are uh, great players and, more importantly, great men as well. So uh, well done on uh, all parts there. All right. Yeah. Thank so, you, yeah. Another connection with Jen, and obviously you know her a lot better than uh, we do here on Hit the Deck. She has connections with both the police and the fire department. and uh, Of New York, the NYPD of, yeah. and the FDNY. Thank you, sir. Sure. And more importantly, the upcoming uh, police and fire hockey game, correct? Yeah, she's had family that's both police and fire. So she, as you said, has connections on both sides and rooting interests on both sides. So when we go to the annual NYPD FDNY hockey game, uh, her loyalties are sometimes a little split. But that game is actually, the reason we bring it up is because that game is coming up this weekend, this uh, Saturday night at MSG, Madison Square Garden. And if you are lucky enough to be going, then I congratulate you. I'm glad you already got your tickets. Because if you haven't already gotten your tickets, you're not going because the game is sold out. Yeah, and uh, I'd advise you try definitely try not to sneak into this one because... <laughs> Not only will they uh, lock you up, but they'll do it quickly. Since, yeah, I would say the security for this one is probably top-notch. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't even realize that it was sold out. Like you, like Gary was telling me off-air uh, that um, the first time the police and uh, the NYPD and, and uh, FDNY hockey game has been held at Madison Square Garden the first time since 2002. Right, so yeah. a little background. Until this year... Uh, with a couple of exceptions. I'm not sure when they changed over, but f for a very long time, it's been at Nassau Coliseum. 
which was the uh, MSG, I think, was the original location of the game, but I guess it got too expensive and they moved out to Nassau Coliseum, which is where the game was for the majority of time, with the exception of, as James mentioned, 2002, which was in the garden because it was the game following 9-11. So with the city connection, it made sense for them to move it there, Uh, you know, being FDNY and NYPD and, and Manhattan, it's... It really, it was kind of a big deal, so they put it there. But every other game since then and for a long time before then has been at Nassau Coliseum. But with the Islanders leaving Nassau Coliseum, I'm still not sure what they're doing with the venue. I don't know if they know what they're doing with the venue, but I'm pretty sure they don't have ice down on on the uh, floor right now. So they're not able to use that anymore. So I guess they decided to go back to good old MSG. Yeah, and the other thing, too, I don't know why Saturday has to be jam-packed with everything, but uh, (laughs) alluding to the Islanders leaving Long Island and the Nassau Coliseum and moving to Brooklyn and the Barclays Center, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame concert is at Barclays Center Saturday night, April Uh 9th. So... That's another little wrinkle in it, too. Uh But, uh, yeah, you know, we got the Rocky Sullivan tournament to participate in. In terms of baseball, the New York Mets open up their uh, home series starting Friday through the weekend as well. So a lot of stuff going on at the same time in uh, New York City on Saturday, April 9th. But yeah, and just basically. Oh, go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say, uh, just going back to the police fire hockey game, if you haven't gone and you have the opportunity to do so, I strongly encourage it because there is um, something of a blood feud between the FDNY and the NYPD, and they put on some really intense games. Uh, and obviously, the players being all policemen or firefighters, they are not professional hockey players. So they do, this is something that they do in their spare time. So the, the level of quality of each team varies from year to year, depending on who leaves the teams or comes to the teams or what have you. But they're all very intensely played games. They're, it's usually fairly high scoring. And there are often a number of fights and penalties. And even setting the game aside the crowd battling each other back and forth on either side of the arena is enough show in and of itself to entertain you so uh again if you have the opportunity to go at some point either this year or in the future i strongly recommend you go and enjoy yourself absolutely and uh, gary knows what he's talking about as a matter of fact the only games i've ever been to was thanks to gary and jen as they got tickets and invited me as well. And it, it really is a blast. Uh, like, like Gary was saying, um, yes, these are our finest and bravest going at it head-to-head in the great city of New York. And these guys, for being, lack of a better term, amateur hockey players, are pretty darn good. I mean, if you just walked in and didn't know what their day jobs were, you'd probably think you were watching a pretty competitive uh, minor league hockey team, if not uh, maybe even you know, on NHL level too, because the, the goalies are usually good and uh, and the, there's pretty good opportunities and back and forth action. But yeah, it's a great rivalry. It's a lot, a lot of fun, an excellent atmosphere. So like Gary said, if you can check it out, definitely it's worth your while. Mm-hmm. And regardless of who wins the game, thank you all for your service. Amen to that. And, uh, and yeah, and thank you to Jen. I uh, hope you had a very happy birthday yesterday. And, um, you know, typical... Uh, female hockey fan out there as there are a lot of female hockey fans out there too so uh happy birthday well said moving on 
Okay. Yeah, as we alluded to before, uh, hockey in the news, in the Wall Street Journal, there was an article written about a retired player named Troy Crowder. Uh, To be honest with you, Crowder was a goon, quote unquote, if uh, you're not familiar with that term. It's basically uh, hockey's polite way of saying the guy just knows how to fight and doesn't know how to find the back of the net. That's the Uh, polite way? uh, Yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) For hockey, it is. I guess. It could be, uh, you know, PG-13 rated in terms of language and whatnot, but um, Crowder appeared in 150 NHL games with four different teams in the 90s here and there. And uh, like we were saying before, back then, the NHL was, particularly in, in that time too, there were a lot of enforcers on each team, so Specifically, us being Ranger fans, if you remember the name Ty Domi, he and Crowder uh, danced around a few times themselves and the other big uh, fights of of the time, too, with a man named Probert over on Detroit. And uh, again, us being Ranger fans, Gary and I, we remembered Domi and Probert going at it a few times. Unfortunately, Probert uh, passed away not too long ago either uh, at a young age, I'd imagine. But um, anyway, the good thing for Crowder was that uh, he retired back in 98, I believe. And being a hockey uh, fan and, and lover of the game, he decided to pursue another life, as the article suggested, and um, stay in the game in some way, shape or form and actually benefit hopefully future hockey players that take on the sport, specifically the skates. Crowder himself has said that he was the perfect guinea pig for this since he had a few problems with like being knock-kneed and uh, having Achilles issues and collapsed arches. And anybody who's ever tried to ice skate or even roller skate for that matter, those are huge disadvantages. And that's one of the reasons why Crowder wasn't, like he said himself, uh, wasn't a Gretzky or a Bobby Orr. Um, Well, that might not have been the only reason, but... well. Yeah, but at least in his defense, he was, like we said, an enforcer, so did serve a purpose, but probably one of the reasons why, because he was a big, strong guy, but uh, wasn't that strong in his skating skills, and one of the reasons being is that he had so many issues with his feet and ankles. Right, he was a self-professed bad skater, and as many fourth liners are, that's why they wind up on the fourth line, because they don't have necessarily the skating ability or perhaps the hockey sense but a a lot of cases they can't hang with you know the the higher level skill guys they can't skate as well or as fast or or move around as quickly so they wind up on that that fourth line is just kind of a a, as james said an enforcer or a grinder or you know someone who can just go out and eat up minutes and maybe send a message when you need them to yeah true and like uh, we were saying before too is that now it's kind of evolved into and that's the benefit of the nhl being worldwide too bringing in more european players over the last 20 years or so is that uh, it's become a much faster game the athletes are much stronger and faster kind of sounds like the six million dollar man intro if anybody knows that uh, that show but it's like like we've said before too and um you know forgive us for just being uh, new yorkers and uh, having that aspect is like uh just for the islanders you have a guy like john Tavares, who's a, a big man but he has great hands and, and he's an excellent skater and he's strong and then on the ranger side we have uh, rick nash too who's a big guy with incredible hands and uh and could skate really well too so in the past if you were just a big guy you you know kind of 
loafed around and, and were there to protect the, the better players. And like Gary said, you were kind of relegated on the fourth line, which, again, the Islanders have kind of blown that out of the water, too, because their fourth line is better than a lot of teams' hmm. second and third lines uh, in the NHL nowadays. But, um, again, in, in, in Mr. Crowder's defense, he uh, became a renowned skating expert and designed new products and taught young players how to use them in terms of uh, helping out making the skates more comfortable and uh, helping the players develop uh, confidence and proper form, and uh, which, I mean, it's so important to, to learn how to skate, which may sound stupid, but uh, it's, it's really, y- you have to be a great skater to uh, excel in the world of ice hockey. Yeah, of course. I mean, consider that you need to, everything you do in hockey, you need to skate. You need to be able to not only locomote yourself up and down the ice and fairly quickly, you need to be able to maneuver around people. You need to be able to kind of shimmy yourself back and forth and into exactly the right position. You need to be able to stand up and and stay on your feet when somebody who's 300 pounds slams into you. You really, you need that skating Obviously, it sounds like a no-brainer. Oh, of course you need to know how to skate if you play hockey, but you don't just know, need to know how to skate. You need to know how to skate really, really, really well. Yeah, and uh, again, uh, it kind of sounds like we're always throwing a pop quiz for people out there, but in a previous episode of Hit the Deck, when we were talking about the 1980 Olympic team, is that one of the things that was emphasized was skating. And really, when it when it boils down to, especially now that the NHL is is going into the postseason mode, and overtime games and things, it's really the endurance comes through with that, and a lot of it stems from your cardiovascular ability, and um, just in order to dig down and get that extra stride or whatever, and, and it comes to skating. So Crowder in his Crowder in his um, retirement realized that and uh, like we said turned a uh, minus into a plus so he would make adjustments to his own skates and uh, he doesn't have any background in engineering or, or anything like that but um, just through trial and error he uh, messed around with different plastic attachments and things and and would see how they would uh, help his foot or his Achilles issues and things of, of that nature to the point where he actually filed four patents and started his own company, I believe that's called 55 Flex, yeah. that uh, this article says offers extensions to retailers. So I guess like CCM and Bauer and, uh, and skate makers like that to um, help out the young skaters and I guess even established skaters too. Yeah, it seems like it's basically kind of uh, inserts and modifications that his company makes or at least sells for these specific conditions that people might suffer from that would make them a a poorer skater to make your feet fit exactly in the skates the way it's supposed to and give you that much more of an edge in skating so you don't have to worry about being at a disadvantage because your foot might not be perfectly formed. Yeah, it's true. You know, just just in our in our own experience, Gary, you have both forward skates or skater skates, whatever you want to refer to it as. Sorry for uh, fellow defensemen out there. And you also have goalie skates, which are really two different skates. If if people are unfamiliar with with uh, ice hockey skates, goalie skates are much beefier. The blades are flatter and are designed for specific goalie use. And even the design of the skates fit under your pads properly. As for a forward or a defenseman skate, it's a much different boot. And the blade itself is uh, 
like an oval shape. So at any given point, only a certain little part of the blade is hitting the ice at any given time. It's designed to help you stop better and cut and, and uh, just skate faster and things like that. So right. Barry, Basic, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Basically, the skater skates are designed for speed and maneuverability. Different players have their blades sharpened to different lengths depending on their preference, their personal preference. But the whole idea of that is supposed to be light, maneuverable, and fast. Whereas a goalie skate, it's designed with stability and protection in mind. Because as a goalie, you're going to be doing a lot of side to side and up and down and back and forth. And there's a very good likelihood that you're going to get hit with a puck. So you want your feet protected. Very true. And in Gary's defense, and and my amazement is uh, the first few times when we went ice skating, he just bought the skates got him sharpened and strapped him on and away he went and uh and you look very comfortable and stable on both the forward slash defenseman skate and your, your true to heart goalie skate so that was pretty impressive um yeah i'm just faking it, just, it yeah well you do a great job at it so. and the funny thing too is i i i on and off skated a lot longer and and than than gary ever did and and he was able in a matter of an afternoon to skate uh literally skate circles around me so much impressive uh and then getting back to um Troy Crowder is a direct quote from him in this article is that uh, Mr. Crowder says, I really believe 90% of all issues come back if you're not biomechanically aligned for your skates. So uh, just to, to kind of tie in Gary's story and my story with Mr. Crowder is that the, the skates are supposed to be like an extension of your body. It's supposed to be seamless the way you, you strap them on with, with, the, with the laces and the angle that you're positioned in and the position that kind of like sitting down in, in, or at least with your knees extremely bent and your, uh, you know, your lower body is just so important and your core is what balances you and, and things like that. So it's just the, the biomechanic part of it is just muscle memory and learning proper form. And then once you get that good stability under you and uh, first stepping stone to build off of, that's how you're able to excel learn how to skate better, and then you could work on your shots and and, uh, whatever other positions you look to go through. So uh, Crowder figured that out and uh, is really doing a lot of good in promoting the sport and hopefully um, encouraging kids and and even players to stick with it and get better and maybe, uh, you know, we'll find the next Gretzky out there because of uh, Troy Crowder's uh, ingenuity. Yeah, good job, Troy. Yeah, I agree. Right. Um, I don't want to tick him off either because uh, he's probably still a big guy and could step on me. Yeah, probably. So uh, anyway, sorry about the the goon thing. But um, just uh, a little ribbing, if you will. I'm glad he won't be listening to this podcast. But anyway. You never uh, my know. Favorite, uh, that's true. <laughs> it's uh, Dave Ajazi that's saying this, not, not yeah. the other guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> My favorite stat about Troy Crowder is that he played four roller hockey international games and racked up 18 penalty minutes with no goals and an assist. So that's that's pretty impressive. I guess he kind of stuck with his uh, enforcer role in the world of roller hockey as well. Well, he's got one more point than I do in international roller hockey tournaments. So. And that makes both of us. Yeah. <laughs> and- and uh, just to fast forward to uh, Troy Crowder um, with his inventions really got the, uh, the the attention of the world of hockey, as is stated in this article by Mr. Pinchevsky. And uh, they kind of encouraged him to move his business closer to Toronto, which is 
pretty much the uh, epicenter of NHL. Sure, it's and, where yeah, sorry, and, uh, it's where the war room is. It's where the Hall of Fame is. It's where yeah. the cup lives. That's right. That's right. And uh, Troy Crowder even uh, got a call from the NHL as the Calgary Flames hired him to join their player development department. So he's back in the NHL, and uh, we'll see how the Flames benefit from that. All right. Good on him. Absolutely. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, to, to, to sum it up, as we all know, hockey fans anyway, and, and anybody who's ever tried to play hockey in any way, shape, or form, is it's an extremely difficult and can be very humbling sport. It's a lot of fun. It's a blast, but it's extremely challenging, and Lord knows what it takes to get to the NHL, or even uh, these uh, college programs are really incredible, as the Olympics have proved that too, and the uh, Frozen Four, which is the college hockey equivalent of the NCAA tournament in basketball. So uh, you, you can still love the sport and do something to benefit it, and uh, you don't have to get into broadcasting to do it. So that, that's a pretty cool cool little life that uh, Troy Crowder has made for himself. All right. Yeah. So speaking of modifying shoes. Yes, sir. As you alluded to in the on-deck it just so happens that I also have taken it upon myself to uh, make some modifications. As we mentioned earlier, being a goalie, the skates, goalie skates have protection built into them because there's a very real possibility of a puck hitting you in the foot and nobody wants broken toes or anything like that. But in deck hockey or street hockey, you don't have the same options because you have... You know, basically, it's a sport played in sneakers, as we mentioned at the top of every single podcast. It's hockey in sneakers. And unfortunately, they make steel-toed boots, but you don't want to play hockey in boots. They don't make really sneakers that are built with that kind of protection in them, because generally, you don't need that kind of protection. Or if they do, they're far too expensive for my taste, so... Uh, for all practical purposes. As far as I'm concerned, they don't make sneakers with that kind of protection. But as a goalie, I, I do worry about my feet, especially since I have very large feet. And it's something I got to thinking about at James's suggestion, actually. I think James was the inspiration for me to look into this. But James did say, oh, you should look at something to protect your toes because you're in, in a vulnerable position, which is true. And he also mentioned to me the pitching shoes for baseball. He, he mentioned that uh, baseball pitchers have special kind of toe guards on their shoes because they like kick the, the mound and the dirt and they have to land on their foot, which puts added strain on their toe and, and their sneaker or their shoe cleat, I guess their cleat. And that would, yeah, that would that might be something that I'd want to look into, but I, I did. But baseball shoes weren't really something that I thought would be a good fit because, as I said, they're cleats, and that's not something that you can really play on a hockey surface. So I I said to myself, you know, maybe there's something, some way I can fortify my own shoes. So I did a little research, and actually there is a product that I found that is made for pitchers. It's basically um kind of a, 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 a two compound gel that when combined hardens into a hard rubber like substance. It's called Tough Toe Pro. Supposedly Justin Verlander never pitches without Tough Toe. Uh, but <laughs> um, 
So I, I took this tough toe stuff, which they you apparently you can send your shoes your to be treated by this company if you want. If you're like a professional and you can't be bothered to do it yourself, you can send it off to be treated by them. Or what I use is they sell these little kits where basically you get the gel, the the compound, and what you do is they give you a, a mixing thing and it, it all it all comes out as one when it comes out it comes out together so you don't have to mix it up and then apply it you just apply it and it's together and you just it's a gel so you kind of go back and forth you cover whatever area of your shoe or sneaker that you want to do i did everything from the toe i'd say i probably did the coverage for what would be my whole toe area and then the side of my my shoe because when you're a goalie your you, your feet go parallel sometimes to stop the puck if you have to move side to side and what have you so anyway um yeah so i set up part of my shoe i will put the pictures i think of my sneakers on instagram they're a little beat up at this point because i've been using this for a while i don't know maybe a year or so at this point or, or more but yeah so it, it it's really easy to apply basically it, it sets in five minutes and it takes about 24 hours to cure so it won't fully harden it'll start to thicken after five minutes but it won't be fully hardened and ready to use for 24 hours so don't apply it if you have a game later in the day but it, it's pretty quick in terms of the time invested in in putting it on and I don't remember how much it cost, but I don't think it was that expensive. I will put a link to the product on the Facebook page and the Facebook and Instagram, if you don't recall, the ID for both of those are at hit the deck. So that is where you can find us there. And um, it's lasted me for quite a while and it really does work. I have gotten hit in the foot several times and it definitely feels a lot better than it would if i was just getting hit with a bear sneaker so thank you tough toe pro the premier yeah, I... pitching toe for the serious athlete <laughs> nice <laughs> couple of questions one yeah sure the, like just i mean for those of us that aren't uh, very good with our hands the consistency of the uh the product is it like like toothpaste does it does it spread easily on the toe and, and exactly where you want it to go or so it's um it's a like i said it's a gel so basically you push it out from a plunger um like a it, it's like a large syringe kind of and you you push it out and into somewhat thin lines and you just go back and forth it's um it's not like toothpaste so much as it is like that gel cake icing. Gotcha. And so it will kind of spread out and I don't, don't want to say gel again, but it'll kind of um, pool, not pool, but it'll meld with each other. Uh, with the, the different, if you put a line down and then go back the other way next to it, they will kind of pool together to, to make one bit of coverage. And uh, the, it also 
includes uh, <laughs> they also in the in the kit that they send you they also include a tongue depressor so if you need to uh, you know like a, a popsicle stick so if you gotcha, need to okay. spread it out more you can do it with that would you or did they recommend that your foot should be in the shoe or it's okay to just apply without I don't think they recommended anything um specifically i didn't have my feet in the shoes in fact the sneakers that i have i guess they're kind of running sneakers so it's a little porous and it it goes uh, part of it part of the sneaker anyway so it makes for a pretty good bond because it's kind of inside and outside the sneaker so it's less apt to peel off but I wouldn't recommend having your foot in there when you apply it because that's going to probably soak into your sock or, or get on your, your foot, if you're barefoot for some reason. So, no, I would recommend as long as your shoe is in pretty good shape and, and by that I mean is able to hold its shape pretty well, then no, I, I would not recommend putting anything, uh, having anything in there while you apply it. it it's also easier to apply it when your foot is out of it because then you'd have to awkwardly bend down and kind of, or or kind of pull your foot up on your knee and eh, i don't know it's i i as i said I, i'm getting long-winded here but i wouldn't recommend that okay and then um i don't i don't think you were getting long-winded the other question is the comfort how does it feel oh i don't feel it at all it's okay. i mean like it's not as restrictive as a steel-toed boot would be because it's it's not steel it's hard rubber so there is still some flex i think there is a little bit of a breaking in process just because you know it's hard and depending on how thick you lay it on that's also going to be a factor but no it's not something that you really notice unless you're kind of kicking something or uh, intentionally flexing your shoe okay cool that's again why we dub Mr. American Rhino, the equipment manager, because he does his homework, as he said, and he does a thorough job and usually finds the best solution and for a very affordable price, too. So everybody's happy. Um, And just as a note, too, uh, in our experience, we did, at least I did, looked into baseball training sneakers. If you're not familiar with those, they are designed like a baseball cleat, except for for the exterior with the protection, like the toe guards and and things Mm -hmm. in case you foul the ball off your foot. But they're just like regular sneakers underneath. That may be an option, but I wasn't sure about how good the grip would be on concrete. I believe these specific trainers, and and they're baseball-specific trainers. They're not cross trainers like if you're uh, running and exercising and things like that. These baseball-specific trainers, I believe, may be designed for turf, uh, as in AstroTurf. So I have not uh, bought a pair and try them out myself, but that may be an option as well. But uh, pound for pound, like Gary was saying, you already have your sneakers. You know they're comfortable. You know they fit well. And uh, you just apply this uh, th- this gel to it, and uh, away you go. So uh, nicely done, Gary, and thank you for sharing that with us. And thank you for the assist on that idea, James. Yeah, uh, you know, um, I guess that's why we work well together is you have the brains and wherewithal to uh, solve the solution, and I just kind of think about it. So <laughs> nicely yeah, done. Yeah, I've always been something of a problem solver and a kind of makeshift uh, jury rigger. So that's uh, just the way my brain works. And we love you for it and appreciate it as well. And uh, just to uh, sum up this episode, or wrap up this episode, I should say, uh, Hockey at Rockies. Uh, Saturday is the sixth battle for the Sullivan's Cup. 
And uh, as we mentioned before, we have spoken about the Rocky Sullivan's bar in Red Hook, Brooklyn, that sponsors this very competitive and a lot of fun it is, this uh, deck hockey tournament. Specific deck hockey, too. It's not roller hockey or anything like that. It is a deck hockey tournament. And um, we are looking forward to competing in that this Saturday. So uh, anybody out there, hope you can join us if you're interested in uh, starting up a team and and, um, participating yourselves. You can find out more information as Gary already posted this link way back in uh, our fourth episode. I'll post it again. Okay, cool. Much appreciated. Uh, www.rockysullivansredhook.com is where you could find that. And a gentleman named George will, uh, if you could just email him, he'd be more than happy to give you the details on um, where and when and rules and stuff like that. Yeah. So It's uh, fun, but it is also it. very competitive. Yeah, right. It has evolved over the years. So we do plan on interviewing uh, George, the man that runs the uh, bar in Red Hook and uh, has started the tournament and how it has evolved uh i've competed in a few gary and and, and the liq competed in uh, last october's as well and um our friends patrick and craig and um and rich are regulars at rocky sullivan's so they have competed in i believe every single deck hockey tournament hmm. that they've had so they would know uh the evolution of it a little bit better than we would but in our experience it has from the first time we competed or, or at least I competed to this October, it was kind of different. It, it was much looser and uh, people that probably never played before when it first started just participated. And uh, they, they, I believe the roster of, of limit, it, it's co-ed too. So guys and girls, I don't think there's any age, age limits either, but there weren't too young a kid out there, maybe uh, like teenagers and things like that. But yeah, um, I think last, last, October when we played, there was definitely at least one kid who was he couldn't have been more than 16. Right. And uh, yeah, there were uh, quite a few female players out there too. But uh, when it first started, it was much more casual. Uh, people didn't even bring equipment. You'd have to lend sticks and things and and uh, goalie equipment and stuff like that. And then fast forward to last October, uh, there were some guys that were, weren't really playing by the rules. They were kind of bending them, if you will, to say the least, where there's not supposed to be hitting or uh, not so much slap shots and, and pushing and things like that. So they were doing all that. So our own um, enforcer, Patrick, had to put a, uh, an abrupt end to that. And uh, our other enforcer, Carlos, also made sure that they uh, didn't get too far out of hand as well. Uh, so just keep that in mind but uh i don't know if I, I sorry yeah. i don't know if i'd label carlos as an enforcer because he is a big guy but he also has great hands so you know he's a, he's definitely a skill player oh I'm, yeah I'm, my apologies if that came off incorrectly I, I didn't mean to label him as um as just he, he he's like our version of uh rick nash but uh, except he scores carlos <laughs> so um <laughs> What I meant to say was uh, that Carlos, yeah, he's a big, intimidating man, and if he wanted to, he could probably wreck us all with just uh, uh, a flick of his wrist, but he chooses not to, and and thank you for that. But Just um, a quick story, uh, very brief. One time, Carlos got hit by a car, and he got up and chased the driver of the car because uh, he he wasn't hurt, but he was mad. <laughs> so there you go. And uh, that sums up Carlos perfectly. So thank you, thank you for that. So yeah, uh, we're trying to get our roster together too. Nothing like waiting for the last minute. But for some reason, it's been later in the year, the tournament 
this this season. Usually in the past, it's been in February or March. And then last year was the first time that it was held twice in one year. So there was a tournament in March and then October. And then this year, it's, uh, like we said, a few dozen times, April 9th. So it's never been this late in the year before. So we'll see how it goes and um, hope to see you out there and uh, and looking forward to future podcasts with uh, how the tournament went. Yeah, no, no kidding about getting the, the roster together. Seriously, if you're free Saturday and you've ever heard of the sport of hockey, come on out and be a liquidator. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Right. All right. Yeah, like we said, the uh, the rosters, I believe, what, what's the limit? Eight or nine players? I don't know. Something like that. It, it's Yeah, I mean, it's like 20 bucks a team, and um, it's, it's designed to be fun and, um, you know, uh, a nice promotion of the sport of hockey. And fun it shall be. Less yes, sir. In the podcast. All right, fantastic. Another podcast wrapped up. So, as always, we want to thank... Uh, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you, Anthony Sajazi, for the music that we use in the podcast. Thank you to the LIQ for sound effects. Thank you to Pops for being the voice of the podcast. If you would like to contact us, please feel free to do so at hitthedeck at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at hitthedeckpod. Thanks again to the Solomonster for the, the plug and for the nickname this week. Please feel free to subscribe on iTunes uh, or really any number of places where podcasts are distributed we're at hit the deck on instagram and facebook james is there anything you'd like to say yeah just along those lines too if you'd like to email us as well it's uh hit the deck at gmail.com and uh thanks for listening and hope to see you out there on saturday yes indeed thank you for listening to the ninth episode of the hit the deck podcast and uh as always we would like to leave you this one last bit of advice it's deck hockey don't be that guy thanks everybody anybody who gets kate upton is doing something right so i love your shoes <laughs> There's what a, a coincidence thing. you've got two things that i'm quite fond of <laughs>